Welcome, you're listening to Passages. I'm here with Tim and Jason. My name is Drew, son of Andy, and I am glad to be here tonight with you guys. This is a highlight of my week. Absolutely. Get together with you guys and talk about whatever's on our minds. And we're actually getting to do it before 9 o'clock tonight, so yes. that's right. a nice thing. There's a new level of energy in the room this evening. I'm fresh as a daisy. Oh, yeah. But I, I, this is definitely a highlight of the week, but it can't be your top highlight. You got to go to the old alma mater. Yeah, let me just start with that. Yeah. Talk Tell about, us about your trip. So I got to go to Freed Artiman. I was invited to speak in chapel, which was a lot of fun. Well, it was nerve-wracking, to be honest with you. But there's, So I was going to share this with you guys. and You've probably heard the story that when I was a student at Freed Hardeman, I was struck by a car while walking. I think yeah, I have I heard this story. Um, so it's, you know, I'm waiting for that memory to fade, but it just keeps ri- raising its ugly head every time I go on campus. Uh, like one of my old professors, or in this case this year, it was the former president of the university. All he says to me is, uh, hi, Drew. Um, you know, remember, I still remember when you got hit by that car. <laughs> and, I'm, and I it's quite actually a legacy said to, to him, live, really, I, to leave, really. I actually said to him, I've done a few other things since then <laughs> because it's just getting, it's getting old, you know. And uh, so he had said that to me right before I went up, and he mentioned it to the guy that introduced me. So I turned in a bio ahead of time that had nothing to do with being struck by a car. No, but. <laughs> but there they was a had to put it in they there. They went off script, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, it was uh, Drew preaches at the Asheville Road Church of Christ. He was educated here at Freed Hardeman, blah, 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 blah. Mentioned my book just like for a split second. Didn't really emphasize where you could buy the book. Nice. Amazon.com, RiddleCreekPublishing.com. <laughs> <laughs> And Burdens by Drew Kaiser. It is Christmas season. Uh, make great stocking stuffers. Yes. Thank you, Jason. Um, just real quick Passover on that. And then, and another thing I was just talking to Dr. Sewell about, Drew was hit by a car while he was here and survived. Take it away, Drew. Take it away, Drew. And I had like a serious talk planned, mm-hmm. you know, about transformation through suffering and I had to get past the getting struck by a car introduction. So I just kind of stammered through. I said, well, I was going to say thank you for that introduction, but then you brought up the car incident in front of Paul Gray. So but it does I'm going to withdraw like my... It perhaps has created some suffering, so you should have just jumped well, right I'm into gonna, your topic. If I had been here we are, thinking what, quickly. Five years post-accident, right? Yeah. 20 years post-accident? Yeah, now that that highway was Highway 100 that runs to Memphis. And at the time, it, it, the, the highway, there was no bypass. Since then, they put a bypass in. And I like to think that I'm responsible for that multi-million dollar bypass that goes around Henderson. And I've saved countless lives. There you go. By my sacrifice. So. I would think so. Through it was one su- of the most embarrassing moments in my college saved, career. Yeah. It, it it pitched me up. The car stopped as it was hitting me. So it was kind of like a pitching wedge mm-hmm. on a golf ball. Mm-hmm. It just kind of pitched me up on the hood, and I rolled onto the windshield. And then I had to do the awkward scoot off the hood. And by this point, there were a lot of people looking at me. 
including David Leip, who was on the other side of the mm. crosswalk. That didn't, that didn't help. Mm. He ran over to the driver who struck me, opened his door, and was screaming at him. He told me later he almost lost his job because of me. <laughs> I don't know what he was saying, but it might have had something to do with his fears of being terminated from uh, teaching at the university. But I went straight from my dorm room, and uh, people were following. Drew, you're okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just wanted to get out of there. Were you bleeding? Was anything broken? No, I was I mean, you were, you fine. Were just fine. I just went for a ride up on the hood of that car. Mm-hmm. A hood ornament, basically. Yeah. So it's it's seared into the memory of everyone that I was at yeah. school with at that time. <laughs> That's my legacy. <laughs> you know, it was a great trip, though. Um, my daughter Ava got a tour, and they were really nice showing her around. She's interested in nursing. They have a great nursing program there. Uh, they were telling me it's the top program in the state of Tennessee, and I thought that was just, you know, generaliza- a generalization that people make. Hey, we got a great program. But they were showing me that statistically it was ranked number one over Vanderbilt in the state oh, of Tennessee last great. year. The guy running the nursing program is just top-notch. And he's very demanding. It's a tough program, but it's a good one. So they didn't they, they bought something that's away from campus – was that to be like the nursing school or something? Do I remember that? Or? Well, they bought a campus in Dixon. I think I'm not sure if they're going to keep that. Okay. Because you can you don't have to go to Dixon okay. to get your nursing degree. Gotcha. Right, we cool. we we saw a lot of new buildings and things they're doing over there. Had lunch with the president. That's great. In the NB of the University of the University. Yeah. And you also got to stay in a really cool house the night before. Yeah, right? they got this great uh, guest house put us up in. It was really nice. All the pictures you shared from that house, it it really looked really, really cool. Like the dark paneled walls in that reading room. Oh, Jason, awesome. it was right up your alley. Oh, it looked bright. A lot of wood and, in that building. Yeah, well, and the, the ceiling, like for the upstairs, was that yeah. a loft? We were in or the was attic. It a real ups- you know, so that's, the that's AC awesome. wasn't working. Mm. That's my one complaint. Mm. Yeah, I didn't make a big deal about it, but yeah. it was 80 degrees It's up time there. to tap into the endowment fund and get out a little bit of money for the AC. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, if that had been me, there would have been a window unit in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, the windows were open all night, but yeah. um, it got it got it cooled off a little bit after we opened the windows. So we got a contact at the Layton House from my niece, Emma, who goes to Freed Hardman. And she, Emma asked Millie, said, uh, you know Drew Kaiser? And she's like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's our preacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, he did he did chapel, and, and uh, she said he did really good. And she said, um, well, did you go speak to him? Uh, you know, um, Ava was there, and um, he. She said, um, she said he was sort of swarmed um, mm-hmm. afterwards. Well, so, obviously, yeah. Well, here's I mean, a, here's the guy survived being hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, oh wait, no. It wasn't I'm sure about it was about your they talk. wanted to meet the guy that got I'm hit sure by a car. It was car. all about your talk. <laughs> One of my friends that was in school there at the same time as me, and he now teaches at Union, which is kind of a rival school. Union is in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, my friend Ben, he came to surprise me. And he was there in the audience here in chapel, and I saw him down on the floor. And Ben was just down there with me, and he wound up scoring the invitation to go eat lunch with the president as well. So (laughs) Ben was just going to pop in, pop out. He wound up going to the Hardeman house with President Shannon. 
That's great. It was. It was. It's really. But cool. we had a good time. I was glad I was able to go and grateful for the invitation. So big, big, uh, big year for Jason's son and my daughter senior year. Wow. Trying to figure out where to go to college. Oh, and we had the senior pep rally today. This could be possibly the last football game. But it won't be. We're hoping not. I I mean, I hope we get another game or two or three or four. But, wow, I I got a little misty. I I noticed that the room started getting a little bit blurry during the senior (laughs) video. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm handling it better than I thought I would when she was four. Because, you know, they're – they're getting old. <laughs> it's, it's more natural for them to be graduating when they're four. Now, the music is what gets you. You know, the slideshow with the music. I don't know if I can get and through that. it was a long slideshow with the music today. And it so was, you had to endure one of those. Oh, it was. Yeah. I just and kinda, that's the first of many. I just kind of looked down at the floor a lot and hope nobody noticed. Did they that. play the Taylor <laughs> Swift, Don't You Ever Grow Up song? Oh, I, there was at least... I wouldn't know the song, but there was at least a Taylor Swift song. Mm, there, co- it was a lot of sappy songs. Of course songs. there was. Lots of sappy songs. Broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. But I uh, can't believe it's happening. No. Woo, let's change subjects yeah, before yeah. we please, all start please crying. Please, somebody take over. Hmm. So I, I'm going to step step up just so that I, hopefully I can beat Tim to a topic <laughs> since we always have <laughs> the same articles. Um, y'all know my love for magic. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm magic. aware of this. All right, so I, I have seen Penn and Teller, Matt King, Shin Lin. I watched what about Magic Chris TV Angel? Shows. I have seen Chris Angel. Have you really? I have. I saw him in Vegas years and years ago. I love Magic. I watch Penn and Teller Foolis on the CW regularly. I think mm-hmm. it's the only show on the CW I have ever watched. I love Magic. But I like Magic where they are lied about it and they let you know hey i'm just tricking you your brain is deceiving you i'm doing a trick this isn't like sorcery or some mystic thing i i I like the ones that do the sleight of hand card tricks all this kind of stuff my love for magic also makes me not like some big magician so i saw this article the other day and i heard an interview about it david copperfield probably the biggest name yeah, sure. magic, right? Made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Well, he's upping it a notch. Guys, have you seen, oh, what's the movie with Dr. Gru and the Minions? What's the name of the movie? Despicable Me. Despicable Me. You know, the goal in Despicable Me was to steal the moon. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. David Copperfield, I'm reading this this title to you. David Copperfield plans to make the moon disappear in an epic stunt 30 years in the making. Well, I was wondering where this guy's been. It's about to happen. Uh, He is taking his powers of illusion to the stars, says this article. And in an interview with Today, the magician announced the plans for his latest stunt, I'm going to make the moon disappear. Which I want to just say... Sounds like Dr. Evil. In a way... God kind of makes it disappear about every 28 days because it goes to a new moon. You can't see it. I mean, it's there, but you Mm -hmm. can't see it. So he says it's taken 30 years of work to develop it. There's multiple methods to make it work. And I'm collaborating with Save the Children, an amazing organization to show the world the difference one person can make. So at least he's doing it with with a good intention. Hopefully his proceeds or whatever is going to save the children. 
He continued and said, if one person can make the moon disappear from the sky, imagine how together we can make poverty and hunger and danger disappear for our children on Earth. This is coming to a planet near you in February of 2024, and rehearsals are already underway. Then he says, rehearsals are going well. In fact, I've been testing them the past few months, and people have reported seeing strange things in the sky at night all around the country. So if anybody at home sees anything weird up in the sky, please let me know by tagging me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, he added. Are you serious, Clark? I just went straight to Christmas vacation. <laughs> so Where Clark says he there have been I, sightings of Santa's sleigh. I remember <laughs> the Statue of Liberty disappearing. Do y'all remember seeing that? It was huge. I, it was on yeah, TV. Yeah, we watched yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That was a different era, though. It was, and let me tell you how that trick That's was done. That's when we had three channels. Camera, rotate, ta-da! Yeah. I mean, we're talking... His stunts are a little... They're a little over they're the all top like sometimes. That. But he's going to make the moon disappear. And I see some problems with this. Number one, he's admitting, using an illusion, he's going to make the moon disappear. So we all know he's not really making the moon disappear, because if he does, the tides are messed up, gravity's messed up. It's just going to be a mess, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we got all kind of problems. Who, who wants and, that? And if right? every, like, and if everybody, I like the moon. And if everybody's out there just watching it, right, and they're not moving in some way... How do you do that? Like on February in February 2024, if I walk out on my back deck and I look up to the sky and that moon's still up there shining, I'm calling he failed. And that's, you know, I like the guys that can make cards pop out and disappear and coins disappear. But the moon, yeah. I think we've overshot here. Mm-hmm. I think we're taking it away. Right. Yeah, if you can walk outside and it's gone, I will be impressed. And Otherwise, it's like Spielberg making Elliot ride his bicycle across the full moon. Exactly I mean, what's right. the difference? So we're talking something with camera, tra- yeah. camera tricks, angles. Not know, to I mention just, he's a bit flamboyant for my taste. Well, you have to have you the know, magic movements. And he's the got the stare. oversized black silk shirt on, yeah. buttoned down yeah. a little yeah. too far. With a fan blowing on him so that yeah. his perfectly <laughs> quaffed hair is blowing <laughs> in the wind. I have to wonder, though, what do the magicians, the guys that perform, say, at Vegas, New York, and, and tables at every David Blaine will go down the street. Yeah. David Blaine will go to Africa, like in a village, and do stuff. I, I just wonder what these guys that have put years and years into their craft think when the most popular guy, probably the most popular guy in magic, mm. says, I'm going to make the moon disappear. I just think it's weird, and it bothers me a little bit. <laughs> it's just too much, huh? It's too much. Yeah. I, I'll buy that. But I don't um, know. That's just, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I have to tell you an interesting David Copperfield story. So there was a lady that worked on my team who was married to a magician. And I won't, I, I won't what get What kind all, of life is that? I won't, I won't get all the details awesome. of this right. But, <laughs> but she was his assistant. Um, so, oh. so before her job with AT&T, she was his assistant. She'd been sawn asunder right? many times. many times, made to disappear whole nine yards. And so th- they were friends with David Copperfield. And I want to say that they they the, maybe there was like some type of collaborative. I want to say it was some, called something like the Hollywood um, Magic Company or something like that. That they they worked together, and she she would tell us about 
like going to David Copperfield's home or apartment or whatever, and she would she would work with him, you know, I guess as he was practicing tricks and things, you know, like as his assistant or whatever. So um, anyhow, that's my touch with, you know, my... Wow. my there's um, only two th- degrees two from degrees you to, to David, David Copperfield, Copperfield or something. That's pretty right, cool. So. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, but um, I'm with you. But I'm telling you, in February 2024, yeah. I'll be impressed if I walk out there in the moon when he says, Kazam, <laughs> when, it's gone. What if it's yeah. time for a new moon? Now, is a new moon, you can't see it? It's you, Yeah, it's, it's dark. It's just dark, mm. so you can't really see it. We might need to look at the phases of the moon calendar and see where we, where we stand yeah. on February 2nd. I don't know he if he has done this in the age of Twitter so he better just brace himself. I'm telling you, the reviews mm. and the comments are going to be rough. Yeah. He, he he already gets a lot of ill treatment. Or he, you know, he's received that in, in the past. I'm telling you, he's out of his prime. Well, and obviously dyeing his hair. Because there's, I'm looking he's at still his got picture. dark hair. There's no gray. Mm. And so, you know, you mentioned he's been out of the limelight for a while has he really been working on this no. like, one thing for 30 years? Well, I tell you, the magic is that he disappeared for about 30 years. <laughs> There's a trick. Now, there was the the trick. magic is that he reappeared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe after this he'll disappear again. Who knows? Yeah. Sorry, that's my little magic All right, rant. good one. I like it. Um, is it my turn? All right. Your turn. Okay. Um, I shared this one with you last time that this was a... Uh, this was the one that I had in the, uh, you know, in the bullpen warming up, and so uh, I'm I'm going to it tonight. Man claims he's targeted by the same bird after multiple attacks on his way home from work. Alejandro Rios, uh, 25, says he suffers daily attacks by a magpie in Australia, and he has the video to prove it. Um, a man claims that a territorial bird has singled him out after attacking him day after day on his route home from work. Alejandro Rios, 25, lives in Brisbane, Australia, and bikes home from his kitchen catering job every day. Um, Rios says he was first pecked on the head by a dive-bombing magpie bird on September 20th, and he thought it was an odd occurrence. The first time I felt something knock at my head, he said. I was a bit worried, thought a piece of fruit had fallen off a tree. or someone had hit me. Rio said that he soon realized he had become the bird's target after he was attacked multiple times on the same route home. By the end, it was funny because I knew it was coming, he said to SNWS after recognizing he would be hit, was hit more than once. The kitchen worker who's wearing a helmet in the video that captured the attack said he makes sure that the bird doesn't hit his eyes. Rios also <laughs> added zip ties to his helmet to ensure the bird won't hurt his head in any capacity magpies are believed to remember faces something rio said he recalled um, at, when realizing what type of bird was going after him magpies will attack things they see as a threat they recall faces and tend to keep memories for long periods of time according to the government of south australia department for environment and water it goes on um but um, in a write-up called Stay Safe from Swooping Magpies, the same <laughs> site said, Magpies often become more aggressive as the chicks become older, 
but swooping usually stops once the young have left the nest. It added, a magpie's defensive behavior can range from a non-contact swoop or without beak snapping to pecking, dive bombing, and sometimes front-on attacks from the ground. Rio said he originally thought the bird didn't like him because he was riding a bike, but soon realized that that couldn't be true as the other people biked past him and were not attacked. They just didn't like him. Regardless, Rio says he considers the bird a friend, even if the animal really doesn't like him. Hmm. What a nice guy. Are magpies one of the species that can talk? They're a bigger bird than I thought. I, I, while you were reading, mm-hmm. I was Googling, of course, because we have these nice little computers in our... That's yeah. a pretty... There's a lot of videos and images of magpies attacking. That, look, look magpies that's not attack. a small bird. <laughs> that's wow. Like getting, that's like a crow. I mean, it's it's that's the like size a, of its head, at least, It's like a big right? crow getting yeah. after you, yeah. really. Yeah. And it, I just think it's hilarious that it... It appears to have recognized him. He's not the only person riding through here. Right. It, it just doesn't the, like it him. It said there were other bikes coming through. Yeah, that's and, weird. And so it sees him and then it remembers him. Yeah. Some of these, like, I think the smartest bird is a crow, is what I've heard. And they, um, and they have this, the ability to remember things. Mm-hmm. As you were describing with the magpie, like recognize faces, which apparently is hard for a bird. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Well, and so maybe the helmet was familiar or something. You know, I actually found yeah. an image too of somebody that's got zip ties on their helmet. I don't know if this is your guy, but <laughs> off the top like spikes. I guess. That oh, keeps... that's common Australian so. defense Ma- mechanism. Yeah. You know who? This is nightmare fodder for my brother Mackenzie. He's oh. terrified of birds. Mm. One of my favorite memories was him like fleeing from a small bird in his attic maybe oh. 18 years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, were, we were at a pond one day, and he said, he was just looking up into the sky. Everybody else was having a good time, and he said, is that bird coming at us? And he just kept staring at it, and then he flinched. And I said, that bird has got to be 80 feet above your head. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, are we ready for round two? Round two. Let's do it. I want to tell you all about, well, did did you guys catch the Republican debate last night? I did my best to avoid it. Yeah, that was smart. That was smart. I saw highlights. I don't watch the debate. I, I do enjoy analysis. I did see a video of a kind of a reverse attack. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was a few shots fired. Um, it's the whole thing is absurd because the front runner by a mile doesn't even show up, no. and I don't well, know too what they think they're court. doing. <laughs> yeah, he's and he probably. I mean, who knows if he's going to even be able to legally be on the ballot? So right. the Republicans are shooting themselves in the foot again. But the next debate is coming to Alabama, guys. I heard well. it's going to be at the University of Alabama. Right? University of Alabama. Moderated, um, going to have three moderators. The only one named was Megyn Kelly. It's a big name. She and Trump had a... No girl. relation to Machine Gun Kelly. No, None. thankfully not. <laughs> uh, she's a different person, but uh, she's a pretty big name person to come to yeah, University absolutely. of Alabama. That sure. is. Just and, the uh, debate coming to the university But that was the only huge. one who's been named so Well, I have a theory. Uh, Jason mentioned the CW a minute ago. Mm. This this debate, uh, this big 
big news here. It's going to be aired on the CW. Oh, wow. Channel 21. Okay. And on a channel I've never heard of before, News Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never heard of it. Which I just learned right. from this article used to be WGN. So News Nation's not Newsmax, right? No, that's a different one. Newsmax is to the right of Fox News. Newsmax is some uh, angry conservative in his basement or something. But News Nation's different. Okay, gotcha. I've never heard of News Nation. New channel. So, but you you mentioned CW. Yeah. Um, So it named Megyn Kelly and two other moderators. I'm just wondering, what are the chances that the other moderators are the Dubba Dubba Twins? I'm thinking this may be it. I think it's going to be Nick Saban and (laughs) Hugh Freeze. Uh, They wouldn't let him on campus. (laughs) He's he's got a restraining order over there. No, they wouldn't let him on campus. Uh, Yeah. Who else could it be? Who's your other guy? Judge Roy Moore. Mm. Oh, he's another one that probably is not allowed. You can hear him coming in ten feet of the the facility. I'd I'd like to (laughs) I'd like to submit this name for your consideration, Governor Meemaw. Oh. Yes. Oh, she would be wonderful. I, I would I would watch it to watch her. Yeah. Now you children need to just be quiet. Meemaw's yeah. talking. <laughs> Last night, uh, the Ramaswamy guy, he said that they should have for moderators Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, and he named a third one. I would tune. He in told to the moder- He told the moderators, "You shouldn't be there. It should be." These these people. What, so what if they went along the theme of like? So Megan Kelly now has no major network affiliation, right? She does she's her a own podcast, thing, podcast like us. She's one of us, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, fellow podcaster. She's not us, but she's no. She's actually getting. Why, I think I mean, she's actually getting paid for hers. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's not this quality, but she does some stuff. Yeah, she. I mean something simple. So what would be the Maybe the possibility Tucker Carlson. Oh, that was the that was the other guy that Ramaswamy. Named. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did see. Uh, a I think clip. the possibility would be very low because I I don't I, think he would I, stoop to do that. You know, he interviewed Trump during during the debate, right? the first yeah, debate. Yeah. yeah. Um, another question I have with connected to the CW is if they go long <laughs> and they go into ten o'clock. Will they preempt it with the Andy Griffith show? Because, I mean, uh, Andy Griffith, 10 o'clock, I need my 10 o'clock Andy Griffith. I, I would have to imagine that they would cut off the debate for Andy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it'd be like, yeah. we're not going to show they you the just rest dub, of They just dub the whistle over the top. Yeah. <laughs> we will, uh, <laughs> and they're like, know, we're the, sorry, we're going to have be, to go to a, <laughs> an episode. It'd be the scroll across the bottom yeah. that says, the remainder of the debate will be shown from 2 to 2.10 yeah. a.m. this morning. Right. Yeah. Tune into YouTube to see the rest of the debate. Listen, when Julie and I first got married, we had a tiny little TV with rabbit ears, and it was appointment television, 10 o'clock, 10.30, Andy oh. Griffith, Double Double Twins in the commercial time. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, it, you know, the 11 o'clock, twins. turn TV off and go to bed. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not sure that the Double Double Twins are the whole CW network. I think they might have been more like Channel 21 back in the day. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> but I like I like your thought there. I mean, I think that's an outstanding I, yeah, choice. What for... are those girls doing now? You know, I was, I was going over this with Julie <laughs> tonight, and... She's like, she was talking about them like they were still 17 years old. And I said, I think they're our age. Yeah. 
I know what they're not going to be doing moderating the debate um, and that is know. a job i don't think any of us would really want to you do. know as much as i would i mean as much as i you know didn't watch it last night like you i'll pick up a highlight or two of it mm-hmm. i'd sort of like to go in there and see it i mean to be yeah. in the building for it for a presidential debate sounds pretty cool yeah i just you know trump should go to the debate yeah I mean, I get his argument that he doesn't need to, and it's sad to me that he doesn't need to. I mean, he, he's got some questions to answer. Yeah. But how un-Trump-like is it to pass up on debate? I mean, the dude loves to argue. I just, I, listen, stir. he's got some tough questions to answer. Yeah. I don't and, think he wants to be right. up there with... The, he also likes to win, right? So he knows that if I stay it's, away from this, it's going to do nothing but win. help well, his and maybe, rivals. Just maybe whoever is helping him with PR is saying the best thing you can do is not talk. <laughs> you think he's listening to a PR? Well, person? no, but wishful thinking. Uh, he he never his secret sauce is not listening to the PR. No, no. <laughs> what if his handler every day like shakes him down, grabs a phone? Hits it with a hammer and it's like, don't get another one. <laughs> he just he just he just snaps his finger and somebody brings him another one. Yeah. All right. So I guess you're you, all right. So I, this one goes back a little bit to Halloween. Um, this story is from November fifth, so technically it's afterwards. But I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, an anthropologist made a surprising discovery at a thrift store in Florida and their Halloween section Saturday. So whenever the Saturday was before Mm. November 5th, the North Fort Myers shoppers spotted a skull and recognized it as a human skull. Mm -hmm. According to the Lee County Sheriff's Office, responding detectives also determined that the skull belonged to a human. And the store owner said that the skull had been in a storage unit that was purchased years ago. And sure. the Lee County Sheriff's Office is working with the local medical examiner to run further tests on the skull, and they don't believe the case is suspicious in nature. What? So imagine walking into a thrift store. You're in the Halloween section, and you're like, hey, this skull has a pink dot on it. And you go look at the little <laughs> board that's by the door where you go in, and a pink dot means 70% off. So the skull is for sale for $2.70. You're going to take 70% off of that, and you're going to walk out of there with the skull only to find out that this is not a plastic skull. This is not a It used to be someone's face. This is someone's head. Can I rewind for just a second? (laughs) Let's back that thing up, Tim. If we could... Um... I believe you. Re- pardon. I believe you. Just, Rewinding is what you used to have to do with <laughs> yeah, cassettes and VHS what that means. I tapes. Be- I believe you just said they don't. Ex- they don't believe it was suspicious. Now officials, okay. I'm reading directly from the How can it not be suspicious if there's a human skull in a thrift store? Officials <laughs> do not believe the case is suspicious in nature, especially. Who keeps so? I understand There's a, a ten-inch ice pick going Listen, through the eyeball. It's suspicious if it washed up out of the ground. I mean, it's, yeah, it is, and it's, it's not where it's supposed to be. It's even more suspicious if you say, 
Oh, don't worry about it. I found it in a storage shed that I bought at an auction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, oh, well, that well makes in perfect, that case, man. let's move on. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine. That oh, really... here we go. Under Florida law, no person shall knowingly offer to purchase or sell any human organ or tissues for valuable consideration. That's a good law. I think it's a pretty yeah, good law. I like that law. Mm-hmm. Let's um, get one of those in Alabama. But I just, I mean, it took, I, I wonder how many people had walked through the store, picked it up, gazed at it. This maybe thing feels the only, real. Took a selfie with it, made it go, <laughs> I'm moving right. its bottom jaw. Having like no idea laughing. that they're. Yeah. And it's a human skull. That's just weird. That's a little creepy. Yeah. Literally it's really creepy. creepy. Are they thinking it was like part of anatomy class or like well, a cadaver anatomy, or something? Most of the anatomy classes are using, I mean, so I'm sure some of them have real skulls, but I know the, the, the skeletons I learned on were basically plastic casts of skeletons. Oh, this reminds I gotta I got to go back to Fried Hardeman for a minute. So okay. we, we toured their um, practice clinic. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, horror movie material here. The dummies they use for practicing in the clinics are freakish. They're all traked. They're in gowns, full body. I don't know what all's going on under the gown. I'm glad you didn't look. They can practice everything on these dummies. They can do IVs on them and everything. And they got this grin on their face, eyes wide open, grin on their face. Mm -mm. Why do you put a grin on it? Why do you Mm -mm. put a face on it? I mean... Let, let, let me let me assure you that I will not be practicing in there by myself at night. Oh, One of these days, I need to bring up my 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 uh, anatomy lab story from right. when I was at yeah. UAB because you know we were we had human cadavers. We yes, with. I don't know how you do it. I. It was stuff. weird. They, I need to just tell the day one story one of these days. Not tonight. It's, it's yeah. not. It's, I do remember the Dr. Pepper can on, on the oh, head. Oh, yeah. I could right, sit the so. Dr. Pepper can just about <laughs> anywhere while working. Oh, man. Nice. That's all I got. I all just right. thought it was that's a weird a great, story. That's, that's, good. that's an unusual right. story right you know there. That you, guys, I, I've already told you that in conjunction with this podcast that I'm a sucker for a list article. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, I like the list. So, uh, this article is 10 common misconceptions that people think are true. Uh, so <laughs> I'd really like, I just want to do this as an exercise of, did you think these were true or not? So um, first one is that fortune cookies are not Chinese. Um, I won't really go into the details here. It says, you know, that uh, it was brought to the U.S. by the Japanese. They're rare, rarely found in China. That's are, that. That's a confusion that occurs in a lot of a lot of things. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for Asian friends across the right globe, it says they uh, are often seen as a symbol of American cuisine. So uh, not authentic at all. But they're Japanese in origin. That's right. But you know where you get them when you're in China at a restaurant. It's just a regular old restaurant. That's right. Oh, it's oh, not, I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, you know what not, they call it? Not a it? Chinese food. restaurant. Yeah, they just call it food. That's a restaurant. Number two, the Buddha was not fat. The, um, yeah, this is true. Right, you, you knew this one? Yes. Right? So, uh, in fact, Buddha, uh, I'm going to try to abbreviate these, right? Buddha was an aesthetic who prayed under a lotus tree, eating almost nothing to achieve enlightenment. It, it was said that he was so emaciated they could see his spine coming through his stomach, like from the front. Okay. That's the legend. So it's kind of 
Yeah. Interesting to see the big fat Buddhas. So for all those friends that refer to me as Buddha-like, you're wrong. They're, they're saying you need to eat That's something. Thank you. I need to eat. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, where's they're the saying buf- you need a sandwich. Where's yeah. the buffet? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Um, twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star was not composed by Mozart. Did you think it was? Never, never, never heard, heard it. Never. Uh, it's been widely whispered that the classic children's song was composed by the Austrian musician when he was five years old. Actually, it originated mm-hmm. from a French folk song, which uh, Mozart composed variations of when he was 25 and 26, which must have been where that came from. So this one I had never heard before. Golf does not stand for a misogynistic slogan. There's a widespread <laughs> misconception that golf stands for gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. However, there's no evidence for this, and golf as a word existed in the Middle Scots period as a standalone word. Next, you're going to tell me Ford doesn't stand for found on road dead. Uh, first on race day is what I always heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shaking. All mind. right, here we go. Number five, the Vikings did not wear horns on their helmets. Okay, now you're getting into stuff I have heard you before. you heard this? Okay. Well, or seen in movie, heard, I uh, an iconic image for identifying the invaders. There's no historical evidence that it's accurate. In fact, the horns on helmets for Vikings come from an opera scene by Richard Wagner of Der Ring des Nibelungen. <laughs> I'm of sorry, I Tim. Said that exactly right. Yeah. There is a problem with this article because yes. there is the historical evidence of Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, that's been around for some time. Well documented Viking material <laughs> Very, right there. Duly noted. All right, number six. The Great Wall of China is not the only human-made object visible from space. This says none of the Apollo astronauts reported seeing any specific human-made object from the moon. Even Earth-orbiting astronauts can barely see it. That may still, that's still (laughs) space. They just confirmed the, yeah, they confirmed Barely see it. Okay. They can barely see it. Now I'm it's false that they can see it, see it. You know what section they, can just they don't barely see? see it. The section those construction workers not right. Oh, come yeah. Full circle. They're very good. Uh, refer back to episode two. Uh, I'm not sure it was episode it two. It may have been episode, episode one. Go back canned. and listen to all of the previous episodes <laughs> yeah. uh, for that reference to the Great Wall of China. Number seven, Napoleon was not short. Uh, the little oh. corporal's height was recorded in French feet. <laughs> uh, five feet two inches, which is five feet oh, seven inches in English feet. I'm just going to still say five seven, pretty short for a dude. This was, yeah. in fact, slightly taller than the average Frenchman at the time. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, have y'all have y'all Enchanté. seen the um, the ads for the Napoleon movie coming out? That yeah, that's Joaquin got, Phoenix oh, yeah, is playing Napoleon. Yeah. Joaquin. He's he's a good pick for that guy. I think. Hey. Yeah. And I bet he will get into character. So we, know, we all know that. Yeah. yeah. I referenced the David Letterman interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah. John F. Kennedy did not identify himself as a donut. Do you know this what? story? What's a donut? I mean, why? obviously I know what a donut yeah. is. Oh, I know what a donut identify is. Identify himself as a donut. Legend has it that because the U.S. president used the indefinite article Ein in his famous announcement to Germany, uh, ich bin ein Berliner. He actually said that he was a donut. That is not true. His sentence was the standard way for a German to identify themselves as someone from Berlin, as was intended. But apparently okay. there's some interpretation that maybe says 
he was a donut. Well, I, I'd never heard that. I, that got lost behind kind of yeah. how history went, it was I think. A, <laughs> yeah. Sort of a bigger event. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think we want to talk about things with holes in them, and, and yeah, it's yeah. not appropriate at all. Kind of was turned um, into a donut. Yeah. Get it, Drew? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. Um, number nine. <laughs> Drew just shook his head. <laughs> this <laughs> list needs to be over. <laughs> this is one that y'all will appreciate. And and I almost wanted to just do this one and then branch out from it. Three kings did not visit the baby Jesus. Oh, we know listen, that, I've been right? hearing that my whole life. Right. Hmm? One of the most retold stories of all time. This account's not exactly found in the Bible. Very good, right? Instead, it says that kings might visit the baby and elsewhere three gifts are described leading painters to draw three kings with presents. And there were wise men. Yeah, that's true. But Does the, it ever say kings? I don't, I don't think so. It, but this is referring to kings, so maybe they even messed that up. But the exact number of kings and the belief that their names were Balthazar, Melchior, <laughs> and Casper is nowhere in the Bible. You heard those names? Uh, those names? Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard the those? names, okay. but I... I Never understood where they Not came in from. any of the genealogies, though. No. Number 10. I'm learning about that. <laughs> when earthworms are cut in half, two baby earthworms are not born. Oh, now I have heard that. That's, yeah. that's yeah. how baby earthworms are made. That makes That's for fishermen not to feel so guilty. Yeah. Only the front half may survive. The back end dies. Very few kinds of worms are able to do this. Hmm. All right, ten misconceptions. Sorry, I like no, that. I enjoyed that. I'll, wait, just... I'll, I'll wait at least two episodes to do another. All right, here we are back with passages of podcasts about nothing. And everything. Um, oh, I like that. So he just he just came up with that. I just threw that off the that? hip. Yeah. So our quote for this evening, or to appease one of our listeners, our quotation for the evening uh, is uh, by Sonia Riccati, who is an author. And I will admit, I've never read any of her books. Um, Jason, if I mentioned that I'm an author. My new book, Burdens, is available at DrewKaiser.com, and I have read and it's on a lot Amazon. of your books. Yeah. Amazon mm-hmm. and Riddle Creek Publishing. Mm-hmm. But the quote tonight really is one that I think is excellent. I've heard it said in other ways um, and other things I've read before, but this is the quote or quotation. Surrender to what is, let go of what was, have faith in what will be. What do you guys think about that? Well, to be honest, I could be very accepting of it mm-hmm. or critical of it because it's it's general enough to allow for conversation, which mm-hmm. are the kind of quotes we like to to deal with. Otherwise, we wouldn't have much to say. That's right. I mean, you know, we don't like the mic drops because no. then our show's over. So, well, and a little back and forth is always good too. Yeah. So I I guess to start with the critical part. You know, it almost says you you shouldn't do anything. I know that's not the intention or the spirit behind it. But if you just take it literally, it's a lot of just wait for whatever's going to happen. Almost fatalist uh, 
surrender to what is, let go of what was, have faith in what will be. Now, I say that, but biblically, faith is active. So it's about letting go of your past, of things you can't change, which reminds me of the uh, Epictetus quote a little bit. Mm where uh, it's not the events that disturb the minds of men, but the view they take of them. And that's good. That's healthy, not to try to change things you can't change. Have faith in what will be. There, There's some activity involved in that. There are some there decisions is. to make. There's an attitude, most certainly, that you should have. There are obedient things you should do, corrections you should make. So as long as you understand that. Yeah. I was going to say there's a source where that faith in the future comes from, too. Absolutely. It can't be ourselves. I mean, the source is in trusting God. Another version of this that I heard was accept what is, release release what was, and trust in what will be. I almost like that one a little bit better, especially the trust in what will be. Um, Because having faith to some people, they just, I don't think that concept resonates with everybody but to trust in something means you're trusting in what's coming in the future and if you're trusting in it you've got to trust in someone and that someone's God I think um, something I wrote down in a seminar I was in a couple of weeks ago was the past requires us to forgive others to accept God's forgiveness and to forgive ourselves, and that's how we surrender or let go of what was is mm-hmm. we forgive others accept God's forgiveness, and forgive ourselves. And then the other side of that was the future requires trust God and temper expectations. Mm. And I thought that was really, really well said. The, the same speaker that said those two things said expectations are essentially premeditated resentments. So we have to temper our expectations so that later in the future we're not having resentments and and we temper those things i think by what's doable by what's reasonable and what's within god's will my dad and i have this thing we've been saying to each other lately uh several weeks ago i was telling him that i was hoping for something and it was very unlikely my hope was and he just said curb your hopes so now a lot of times He'll say something about the future, and I'll just say, curb your hopes, and he'll say the same thing to just me. Just change it a little bit and tell him to temper his expectations. Temper your expectations. Yeah. That's another good one. But, yeah, I mean, most most of the time we get really riled up in, what did you call it? Like something about resentment. You're, the, I, I said that expectations are premeditated resentment. Premeditated. You're setting yourself up for a really bad attitude. Yeah. Some really bad stuff. If you don't temper your expectations by what's possible. So how do you do that but also hope for, because we're talking about hope, having faith. I've always liked to think of hope as a forward-looking faith. Mm -hmm. What's the um, Hebrews 11 one? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hope is a forward, it's a type of faith. Mm -hmm. So that last line is about hope. You want your hopes to be better than what is. Mm-hmm. So how do you temper it? I think I know the answer to the question. I'm just wondering. 
I think the one word in this that I underlined when I wrote the quote down in my, my little notebook that I have um, is the term surrender. I think it's surrendering first to God and stop trying to control everything yourself. Mm-hmm. I wrote this quote down, or it's not a quote, it's just a line out of a book um, called Living Living Life Backwards. It says, it was talking about the future. It says, live the life you have now instead of longing for the life you think you will have, but which you actually cannot control at all. Yeah. And I think a lot of tempering expectations and surrendering our future is focusing on the things that are within our grasp. And what can I do right now? What's the next right thing for me to do? How do I live today to serve God? How do I live today to serve others? And why it's important to plan for the future some. You can't put all your hope and expectation in the future because you're not right. promised tomorrow. And we don't, we don't know what we'll like. No. Like the life that you think you want, if God gives it to you, you're still going to be unhappy because the problem isn't the, the circumstances and what you have. The problem is inside of you, right? It's the self. It's our it's our desire to con- be in control. We want to we want to put ourselves in the place of the creator, instead of being in the role of the created. Mm-hmm. I think we're really bad to do that. You know the the middle part of this that says, "Let go of what was." Um, you know, this is no uh, you know no eye opening uh, thing. I'm sure everybody probably thinks of this verse, um, Philippians three thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Those are, that let go of what was is a short statement filled with short words, and it's about the biggest thing that we all fight with, right, is can we let go of what was? I mean, we all make mistakes we all mess up we all hurt people you know life's a a series of things behind us some good some bad and can we can we really let go of what was if we can and really can do what that verse says to say you know learn from everything that's in the rearview mirror but quit looking in the rearview mirror Mm -hmm. And press forward and look at, you know, what, what you can do with the rest of your life going forward. That's, that's enormous. And Paul uses that term straining forward to what lies ahead. That's not, you know, just an easygoing, just a breeze, you know, walking easily down the street. That's effort difficulty, challenging obstacles in your way as you try to look forward to what will be. And and it's the unknown, right, that we're most afraid of. Yeah. Well, and and that, I, that's when we start thinking we've got to get control because I don't like jumping into a big right. blank. That's right. You talking about the straining there reminds me why I was at this retreat a couple of weekends ago. We hiked up a mountain. I mean, a mountain in Alabama, so it's not huge, but it was six or seven hundred feet change in elevation. And there was a lot of straining in this old man's body. Getting <laughs> up. The old knees were not feeling great. But I, as you say that, I think about that example of while we were hiking. If I kept looking behind me, I was going to trip and fall. I, 
I had to watch my footing. If I had looked to the top where the lookout, the overlook was, I'd have probably just turned around and gone back because it was a lot higher than we were and it was a lot of steps. But I kept just looking right in front of me, making sure I didn't stumble over the things that were in front of me. And before I knew it, I'm at the top. And if I'd have been looking to where the, 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 the pinnacle was, I'd have probably been discouraged because I'm fat, I'm out of shape, and I don't <laughs> like exercise. But if I kept looking behind me, I was going to trip and fall. But by watching with what I was doing, actively engaged with what was right there around me, I eventually made it to that that distant goal. I knew where I was going. I knew how I needed to get there, and all I had to do was watch my steps to make sure I didn't stumble on the way and not be focused behind me because I'd yeah, have never I made it. I think you're adding like a fourth line that goes between let go and have faith, and that is do the next thing that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, there. I, I guess that's where this kind of falls flat for me is if I'm giving this advice to somebody who's really going through a hard time and having trouble letting go and having trouble with forgiveness, and I'm saying, hey, better things around the corner, just wait. But biblically, waiting is an active waiting. It's not like, you know, the waiting room in your in your office no. where you're just got nothing to do. Well, you, you might give somebody a form to fill out or something. It's, but. it's pretty boring waiting there. <laughs> There, there's, there's always one thing, you know, look, when you get really confused, there's always just one right thing that you can find. Yeah. Just do that. You know, don't, don't worry about all the other things you don't know yet. Do that. And when you finish that, there's going to be another step. Yeah. And just take that step. Right. And that's often, you know, it's the right in front of you kind of idea, right? It's like, we can all be overwhelmed by the things of of life, whether it's, you know, challenges that are too big to, to bite off at one time, whether it's, you know, obstacles that you're trying to overcome. And this was one of the, I remember when I was like in college, um, I always struggled with feeling like I could do what was next, right? Mm-hmm. And you mean like with a project with, or a paper with, or something? It was like every semester. It was every semester. It's like I would go into class. And I don't know about y'all. I don't know if this was this, it, it just, you know, this peer group that I was in or whatever. But I'd go into a class, and it was like everybody knew everything already, and I knew nothing. And I'd get intimidated by that. And I'd come home, and I'd talk to my mom, and I'd be like, I'm not sure I can do this. This was all the way through, and I did well in college. And by the you know, and, and so she'd have to talk me down, you know, you had a and little she, imposter syndrome, right, right? Right, so she she would she would she'd bring me back down to thinking rationally about this, and she'd say, They're just talking, deal with what you got to do tomorrow, right? Not with what, like what you've got to do at the end of this course or when the first test comes just deal with what you got to do tonight and it's all going to you know it's all going to be okay you know and and I think we live our lives a lot of time looking at like just a a challenge that we can't face and it's like when when we get overwhelmed like that 
if we can think, take that one step in front of you, take that one step, you can do this. The only way you're going to get to the top of that mountain is taking the next step. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it serves in every aspect of life. It's yeah. just, you can't do the whole thing right now. Well, and when you're lost as to what that next step is, because we've all been in those moments where life has thrown us a major curveball and you're just lost as to where to go. Right. If you don't see the next step, then the next step is to hit your knees and pray. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That should always be your next. If, you, right. if you're mm-hmm. not sure what the next step is, pray. We, we, we do not pray enough. I do not pray enough. But God tells us if we pray, he's going to give us some answer. Now, it may Mm. not be exactly what we want. Our future may not be what God has intended for us. But so often we get bogged down by the anxiety or the stress or the problems or the temptations or the struggles of the world, and we start trying to figure it out on our own when we don't know what to do, and that's what gets us in trouble. And by slowing down a minute, hitting your knees and praying for things you're thankful for and praying for guidance— praying for people to come into your life to help you just praying will make all the difference in the world for you yeah you know sometimes you need somebody to pull you up that next step Mm -hmm. you know and that's that's what we need to do with our friends is sometimes just like jason said you know we got to spend time with god but sometimes you need to look for that person that doesn't know the next place they're going to go and you got to pull them along you know for the journey because we all need that sometimes we're on the pulling in and sometimes we're on the i don't know what's next end i think a lot of times we're wanting out of it immediately when what the very best thing for us would be for us to sit in that in those ashes or sit in that suffering for a little while and work on our white flag yeah. You know, it you you can't just surrender overnight. No. Nobody's going to read this quote and go, "Oh, that's what I need to do." Yeah. And then tomorrow morning, you've conquered all three of these things. Yeah. Sometimes you got to sit there on that on that pile of ashes in sackcloth and work on your white flag. And you you will get it and you'll learn how to wave it. And that's when you can forgive and let go and start trusting there's a better future ahead. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, is far greater than I can think or imagine. And ultimately, if you're in Christ, you know what your future is, no matter that's what. Right. Now, and how that's you, no mystery. That's well, no mystery. Right. You, you that battle's been won for you. Yeah. And the other thing is, surrender's not something you get right once. You know, it's yeah, not it's something a that daily you, practice. It is right? an every day. It's an every hour kind of thing. If yeah. you struggle, take it one day at a time. If you really, really struggle, take it six hours at a time. If you are in constant panic because you're out of control, surrender every hour. Reset yourself every hour. I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to surrender to His will. I'm going to do what's in the best interest of others. And I'm going to take myself out of the equation and work on it until you can get it down to it's an everyday practice to surrender. You know, that 
that faith in in what will be right i mean while it sounds in some ways passive if we it's going to move us to action right if we if we you know we were talking about being in christ right whether the person who wrote this or not was thinking about that i don't know but um you know if you have that faith in what will be it opens up everything to to be easier um you know not always simple but it makes it makes the moves that we make in our lives easier when when you have that faith and ultimately i know what will be because that next you're saying that next step is scary sometimes that's right so if you have that faith and through prayer and and listening to God, you know that next step. It's not. It's not scary yeah. to take it. You know, I, I I work with people, and you know, I know that y'all are around people who they just get they get wound up all the time. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> I just with, came from a basketball game. Well. Just, yeah, I used to get wound up by those I've all the time, you. and the next one I go to, I'll probably get wound <laughs> up again. But um, um, yeah, but I mean, and I often think about, um, you know, I had to. I, I told one of my coworkers this week. I said, I had an old buddy named Steve Schmidt that worked in IT, and he's probably still enjoying life with low blood pressure and a full head of hair (laughs) and enjoying retirement at 75, 80 years old, probably in picture of health. And he would say, hey guys, remember, it's only a phone bill. Um, You know, (laughs) and, you know, so we get all, I mean, you know, we're just all wound up. We're working 20 hours a day we're you know trying to figure out up from down or whatever and it's like guys this ain't you know Let's we, put don't, this in we don't have somebody open on the table here guys I mean, <laughs> you know while this is important and it's our job and we all want we all want excellence um there's a few bigger things than this we let a lot of things in our life get out of perspective um mm-hmm. and, and sadly we don't realize that Many times until we look back in oh, hindsight, absolutely. and we think that was not worth the hissy fit that I pitched. Oh my goodness! I mean, you brought up a basketball game, and I went with Jason to the gym a lot during that time, and I would be so mad when Jonathan was playing youth sports, and I'd just be on the treadmill, and I'd just be maybe he needs to play some more sports, so I'll get back on a treadmill. I don't know, but I, I think that ship sailed for both of us. <laughs> But, you know, I'd be so mad. I can't believe they did so, you know, and it's like, why did I let that work me up so much, you know? And we all know we love our kids, and nobody wants to see, you know, their kid done wrong or whatever. It's like, hey, simmer down, Layton. Calm down. (laughs) It's not the end of the world. You know, there's a lot bigger things than this. Yeah. and, And that just... It applies to so many walks of our lives that we get wound up about things, and it's like, you know, this is this is not a big deal. This is not even your next step in the journey. Yeah. This is just stuff going on around it, you know. It's distractions. It's it what it becomes. It's yeah. distractions. Yeah. 
Well, that was a really good passage. I hope that um, it's helpful to our listeners. I I know it's been helpful to me. And, uh, you know, every time I sit down with you guys, it helps me and encourages me. So that's one of the reasons we selfishly like doing the podcast. If nobody listens, we at least have an excuse to force ourselves into a somewhat deep conversation with a lot of... uh, ridiculous banter back and forth as well so if you like that kind of thing stay tuned uh subscribe and if you don't mind leave us a review if you're on spotify or apple Podcasts, either way you can leave us a review and spread the word i've been looking at the analytics our listeners are going up we have a growing audience so we are thankful to those of you who listen in every week tell a friend we'd like for more listeners to come on we're going to keep doing this so stay tuned and we will bring you another passage next week